0: In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
2: Have you ever wanted to be a superhero? Well, who doesn't? Although we can't promise you superpowers, we can help you feel like a superhuman with our friends at Ascent Nutrition. Ascent Nutrition is making a huge difference in this community, and they have a new product that we absolutely love, Pine Pollen. Last year, several prominent scientists started speaking out about the power of pine trees and the benefits they can offer us. Ascent Nutrition offers raw, wild-crafted pine pollen. Pine pollen contains 200 nutrients in it, making it a true superfood. It's nature's highest source of phytohormones, which support hormone and libido health for men and women. Pine Pollen also supports brain health, detoxification, as well as many facets of cardiovascular health. Their Pine Pollen is selling fast. It's literally flying off the shelves. Ascent Nutrition is on a mission of offering deeply transformative and helpful nutrients to as many people as possible to help bring about a great collective shift in human consciousness and human health. To order your pine pollen supply and check out everything Ascent Nutrition has to offer, use the link in the description or visit goascentnutrition.com and use coupon code FKN to get 10% off your entire purchase. to Forbidden Knowledge News. I'm your host, Chris Matthew. Today my guest is Bert Driver. First, I have a couple of announcements. If you have a business and you want to advertise with Forbidden Knowledge News, email me, ForbiddenKnowledgeNews at gmail.com. We have unbeatable pricing and advertising packages. Definitely come check us out. Forbidden Knowledge News is always available on Rockfin, Odyssey, Rumble, and all podcast platforms. Check out Rockfin, This is where you get all our premium content as well as all the premium content from every creator on Rockfin for only $10 a month. You can also get access to all the free content from all the creators, including all our regular shows for free. You just go to rockfin.com to sign up. Click the link in the description. Our website is ForbiddenKnowledge.news. This is also the home of the Forbidden Knowledge Network. You're going to find amazing podcasts from our community there, so be sure to check that out. Today I want to welcome Birch Driver. He is a child of hippies, raised in the high desert of northern New Mexico. He is a nerd, jock, philosopher, and poet, just trying to find his way and doing something useful and having a good time doing it. He majored in physics at the University of New Mexico and also has a degree in industrial design from Art Center College of Design in Pasadena. His mode of operation is that the underdogs can rise to the occasion on any given day. We all have it. We all are immeasurably valuable. His podcast is Green Night. Birch, welcome. How you doing?
1: Good. How are you doing, Chris? Thanks Man. for having me on the show.
2: Of course. I'm excellent. It's great to talk with you again. And it was great having you over at the Forbidden Gathering. I had an excellent time, man. Uh, And this show that we're doing, I believe, is long overdue. Um, I've been watching your podcast, and I really love the stuff you're doing. I love that you're uh, a solutions type of guy with an attitude of, you know, we know the corruption and evil and the deceptions. What do we do with the information? And that's what really matters, I believe. Uh, and I love, I love what you're doing. I think we need more of this kind of solutions-based thinking in our community. Uh, that's why you know, I try to do a good balance between heavy topics and, and lighter stuff. But uh, this is your first time that- on, man. Tell us more about yourself
1: and what led you down your path you're on. Well, uh, I'm... I have kind of a different background, I think a lot of people, because growing up in the West and being uh, the child of hippies, uh, my dad was in Vietnam when he came back, he,
3: uh,
1: you know, did an about face on all of his thinking, basically, and moved my brother and I and my mom uh, to New Mexico to join a commune. (laughs) So we uh, first couple of years there, we were on a hippie commune in northern New Mexico. So it's very interesting. All of that thinking from the hippie aspect, you know, I kind of, I liked for a lot of years and I identified with it. I have come to terms with, uh, you know, that you can't really identify with anything because uh, once you identify, everything is transient, right? So you can't really hang on to anything. So And what you find out is when you attach yourself to ideals or the ideology of something like the hippie movement, you end up running into contradictions. And so these kinds of contradictions are what I kind of like to point out and find interesting because it makes it so that if you're in a tribe and your thinking is done for you, (laughs) right, I I will point out the contradiction, right? And so that's uh, one thing that I've been doing since I was a kid. So I was always kind of a freak and an outsider in a way. And, uh, yeah. And so that's where I, I find myself here, you know, um, and, but I think there's something urgent, like perhaps we'll make it through this, you know, humanity, mm-hmm. because in the past, every generation says, you know, the world is ending, you know, it's like, there's someone out there on the street with a placard or even like, if you go all the way back, right. The yeah. Roman invasion yeah. of England, there's always something, you know? And so, but I think, I don't know, there's something urgent about this time because of the technological advancement that we have, you know? Um, our, uh, mode of operation is competitive and adversarial, right? And, and it's my thinking that that's incompatible with our, uh, exponential technological expansion and yeah yeah I have to agree with you I
2: think that we have thought for a long time that we're in a very critical point in fact even as a kid I used to just remember having these weird thoughts of man I wonder if I'm going to live through like an apocalypse or something and it just had this you know overwhelming just kind of knowing that something big is in the future and you know I believe that right now we're at the most critical point that we've been uh, in a long time in human evolution and there's a lot going on to sway us either way which i want to get into for sure uh but first your podcast is called green night tell us a little bit about uh why you named it that and you know kind of the backstory
1: sure yeah so it's uh one of these stories that we're exposed to like in the western culture but um i don't know if you read it when you were in high school or in junior high or anything no i did not no i did not so we went over it because my teacher thought it was important and but uh you know, the big volumes of books have been written about this myth, you know, Tolkien, for one, and, and multiple other people. And uh, despite it being a fairly simplistic story, uh, it has uh, all of the elements um, that I think are important for making a psychological transformation. So I think that the, the message behind the myth is, is still relevant, still there, and uh, uh, easily approachable. And so that's why I started it with that. And I wanted to get to the, to the Green Knight, like right in the beginning when I started, but I had to do all this backup. Uh, and so it became kind of this thing. It's like, uh, how do you understand the, the message of the myth, right? If you don't have the context of what it really means to be human, you know? And so that's what I started to try to decide if there's a way to pinpoint what it actually means to be human, you know? And, uh, so I thought I figured it out and, uh, not figured it out, but it's like a general idea, right? So it's not specific what it means to be human. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) So nothing's figured out. Like, I'm not saying like, this is it, but I'm just saying that the message that I have to deliver is it doesn't keep going, you know, it's like, so, um, that's what my podcast is. It's like a, uh, it's a series and it has an ending. And right now I'm bookending it with interviews to try to like see what people think of um, my own thought process and what I've been going through.
2: introduction into this thought process because this is fascinating uh and you know the way that you you formed your ideals it seems to be uh, you know somewhat gnostic and, and using hermetic principles and uh you know from what i've heard on your show uh that's what i'm, I'm getting from but kind of explain to the audience from your perspective
1: yeah um so gnosticism I think is an important subject. I think a lot of people talk about it right now and there may be some misunderstanding and that's where I, just as a little side note, that's where I get frustrated a little bit is like, mm-hmm. we all want to argue over these little details, you know, but it may be, it's not so important. Yeah, and uh, the, the hermetic principles, uh, I was aware of these, right? And when I first found out about them, it, it really was, uh, it hit a chord with me because of my physics background. And uh, to me, it was like these are scientific principles, these seven hermetic principles. They're basically like um, the properties of waves. You know? mm. So the second principle is uh, everything is vibration. Everything is frequency, right? That's the second principle. And every, one, every other one of the principles is basically how waves behave. And so if you can come at it from this kind of like simplistic perspective, you can start to understand what the hermetic principles are trying to teach, you know. Right. And uh, we can get we can get into that. But uh, just to say that the the principles actually are related to the Tao. Mm -hmm. Right. So if you for me, like when I had this like breakthrough, when I was studying the principles, uh, I was like, oh, it's it's like the Tao. Right. Which is this 6000 year old Chinese tradition. And, uh, and that's the Green Knight, too. The Green Knight is like the Western version of the Tao. That's the story that it tells. And uh, so if you wanted to get into that. We yeah, I
2: do. And, you know, that's, that's great because it's like a, a non-watered-down kind of version of a, a true historical faith uh, that, that kind of guides you uh, down, I think, you know, in a better direction than most spiritual practices and that I've heard so far. So I, uh, I love, I love some of these teachings. And whenever I uh, first started hearing about it myself, I'm like, man, you know, I've already implemented some of this stuff in my life and I didn't even know about it. And uh, some of the the most important ones you think uh, for the audience.
1: Yeah. So I can just name them and then we can go through them because I think a lot of times in these interviews, we just start talking about each one and then we, so it's, it's good to kind of put them all together in, in one's mind. And so the first one is mm-hmm. the principle of mentalism and we'll explain as we go through. Uh, the second one is, uh, I sometimes flip these, the principle of correspondence and the principle of vibration, right? Second and third. So I think it's actually, so principle of mentalism, principle of correspondence, number three, principle of vibration, everything is frequency number four is a uh, principle of polarity polarity uh number five is principle of cause and effect six is principle of uh, rhythm right and uh the final one is the principle of gender right right so if there's any one of those that that jump out at you that you want to well
2: start with, let's start with the first i mean we'll just we'll just go down the line um and what are what is your understanding of the principle of mentalism
1: yeah, so when I first discovered these it kind of it makes it it corroborates one's like experiences and thinking if you're doing this kind of work up to the point when you find the hermetic principles and then when you find them you're like, "Oh yeah. Like that's a good way to say it." Right? And so if you're doing these like uh, spiritual practices, you're trying to figure out what it, you know, what it is to be human like we first of all it's like you abandon the idea that we're just flesh and bone. And we're just physical, and that's it. Right. And so we can go with that right there. The principle of mentalism basically says that the universe itself, the entire cosmos is mind. Right. So the whole thing is actually um, the creator, I guess you could say. Right. Mm-hmm. We all these words are interchangeable here. So the way that this is a cosmology that comes from uh, ancient Egypt, like pre dynastic Egypt, you know, pre old kingdoms. Like basically, way the fuck back, right? Mm-hmm. And so this is the cosmology that comes out of Egypt, and uh, <clears throat> so it's the uh, the principle of mentalism is basically that the universe itself is is self aware, mm-hmm. right? And it the whole the whole cosmos itself is it, and so it doesn't really have um, agency, right? Because mm-hmm. it itself is itself, right?
2: Yeah, and it, it's all uh, part uh, of our our it consciousness. Is. It's all one, right? It's all part of us.
1: Yeah. Yes. And, uh, so consciousness comes first, right? Consciousness comes first and then it is like the first measurement of whatever consciousness is. You can say that it's divided into a male and female aspect or a Trinity in in effect. But anyway, what principle of mentalism says is that consciousness comes first and then all of creation is a result of that first, uh, instigation to decide basically that, um, uh, the consciousness is like going to create something, right? right? And so once it made that first measurement, um, it's like sacred geometry, right? It runs itself after that. And so it just plays out under these rules, it plays out with the rules of the seven hermetic principles, basically. And, yeah. uh, and his, the creator's hands are tied after that. And it is only in the way the uh sentient beings come into being is like, is that the creator actually gets a chance to observe its own self, right? So principle of mentalism, basically consciousness comes first. It's not a result of some kind of physical processes or accidental uh, cosmic soup, you know, that uh, created these conditions that allowed uh, a brain to exist. And so that's the uh, materialist science is basically says that it's chemistry in action that creates consciousness and that memories exist in the brain and that once your physical um, uh, apparatus is destroyed, then you are gone and everything about you is gone. And we all know, right, in this community that that's not the case. Uh-huh. So does that, like... Cover yeah, no, that was perfect.
2: It, it kind of reminds me of the idea that, you know, consciousness at one point was one singular, we could say light that fractaled off into different pieces to experience to grow and you know at some point uh it we have to return to that one source in one way or another uh and i think that it's that's a beautiful way to to look at everything's connection to the universe and our mind and consciousness uh so yeah that was that's great explanation perfect uh, i know you use uh Ooh. principle of vibration is your second one right
1: yeah so i like to use that first because we can start to understand is um everything is waves. And this is corroborated and kind of proved in a way with uh, quantum mechanics. And you know, modern physics is basically says that our entire body is everything that actually feels solid is mostly empty space. And so it's like really dense waves in a way. You know? So we can understand that everything is actually made up of, of waves you know, that starts from the origin. And so if we can do that, then we can understand um, if we're thinking about the properties of waves, the principle of correspondence completely fits with the way waves behave. Because principle of correspondence is another way to put it, is as above, so below. And we've all heard this, right? Mm. And so one way to one way to understand it is like scale invariance. Like n- no matter how far in the cosmos we look, we see the same patterns. And no matter how in deep we look into like physical matter, we see the same patterns, right? And so, that's the principle of correspondence. The waves exhibit that. In this,
2: in this, uh, in this principle, do you think that vibration and frequency are the same, or is it something different, completely different?
1: Well, I think it's just another way to say frequency, because you know, okay. um, people say. Vibes, you know, vibration is very, you know, common in the like this like spiritual way of, of thinking, right? It's like mm-hmm. no, good vibes only, all this like vibe. vibration is frequency, right? It's just mm-hmm. another way, of yeah, right, 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 yeah. And you know, it's like just as a physical example, um, when you're uh, underwater or when you're in the air and you smash two rocks together, it just sounds like two rocks, you go underwater. And there's bubbles. You smash two rocks together, and it like wants to break your eardrums, you know. And it's because water is much more dense than air, you know, and it transmits sound waves much more readily, you know, more intensely. And so, yeah.
2: Now, uh, how do we connect the the principle of correspondence? And your what is this to you?
1: Well, okay, so waves um, can. Uh, no matter how small or how big they exhibit the same pattern and the same interferences right so no matter what the amplitude or the wavelength of a wave um, they exhibit the same uh, as above so below scale invariance that you can witness just by looking at nature right and so yeah so you just visualize you know large amplitude large wavelength waves interacting with each other create the same interference pattern whether you're at small scales large scales and so correspondence works perfectly with waves right
2: right on and uh, the 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 principle of polarity kind of goes along with that same thinking of as above so below uh, and it connects perfectly with vibration and correspondence
1: yes polarity is uh, for a wave you can't have a peak of a wave without a trough right There's it's impossible, it's an impossibility, and this defines one, defines the other, right? For a wave, right? So we have the peak and the trough. There's no way to actually describe a peak without having it referenced next to a trough. You know what I mean? Uh So there's no peak, no trough, they exist together. So it's like unity in disguise. This is what polarity is, and that's an easy way to to visualize it because we often think that polarity is uh, the opposite right this is what we think it's like light and day right up and down right but there's no up if there's if there's not down right right so you cannot define one without the other in these polar relationships and this is what exists throughout nature in all these different fashions right but with you know positive and negative charge um, you know it's like magnetism as well right it creates polar patterns <laughs> positive and negative uh poles of a, of a magnet are a perfect way to to, to show it right
2: and so in and, a way the and, frequency and so that, yeah. can't evolve without the the polarity
1: exactly exactly and so when there's a disturbance to a medium for example like we're like dropping a pebble in a, in a pond, right there's that initial uh transfer of energy to the the medium right and the medium because it's connected right it it basically converts that energy into waves that go out that propagate outwards right and so you drop a, a pebble in it depresses the surface then all of that energy brings it back up right oh. so you have a so you have the depression and the explosion and they they both come together you can't have one without the other and then the emanating waves right are the troughs and the peaks as you go out so. right on yeah i love it
2: uh let's talk about the principle of rhythm one of my favorites um i'm a musician and rhythm is big part of my life <laughs> for sure yeah.
1: so i think polarity is like probably the most important one because this is where we get into because people often when they're talking about polar relationships they bring in uh um good and evil right and so this is another thing right that you can't have one without the other right you know and so there's no good without evil right but this is a uh, a constructed polar relationship this is in the minds of our of humanity right there is no <coughs> required polarity between good and evil um if you're uh, not in civilization, (laughs) right? The universe doesn't require good and evil to uh, unfold out into uh, its ever-expanding presence, Mm -hmm. right? It's not one of these uh, relationships that actually does anything in the universe. It's only our sensibilities that actually gives it what it is, but it still operates under the same rules, which is that good requires evil in order to be defined. Right. So if you can't, mm. you can't have all of this good without something to, to say, well, this is like, this is the contrasting element of that. Right. Right. And so you need a, if you're in a homogenous fucking uh, medium, right, where basically everything's the same, there's no point of reference. Yeah. Right. So you can't you can't. Even, and so all of this idea about like resisting, resist, resist, you know, going up against the opposition. It drives the pattern forward. Right it is just um so like putting trump up as this guy right for uh, for the left to hate actually just now they're defined the good side is defined by anti-trump right Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. so is that good or is that just anti-something you know yeah and so it's really this is like this is where we get down into the nitty-gritty where it connects to the dao connects to the green knight because it's talking about what real virtue is you know and so Any human sensibility about what good is, is always going to be a construct based on our own sensibilities, our own experiences, our own thoughts, right? Mm -hmm. And so it's not a real thing. (laughs) Right. But
2: in a way, it's kind of necessary in this realm that we're experiencing,
1: in a way. Well, what I would say is that it's a repeating pattern. Mm, Okay.
2: Okay, I see. It just kind of got stuck in there
1: along the way. it creates a polarity that actually drives it forward, but you always reach an impasse where basically society collapses for the most part, you know, uh, and then it's rebuilt with the same pattern again. Uh, right? And okay. so it's, this is where I talk about Groundhog Day a lot. If you look at our the history of humanity, you'll have fucking uh, steady growth, right? And then collapse mm-hmm. and then steady growth and then collapse. Right. And so, and we always re-implement the same pattern again, right? Mm-hmm. So what I'm saying is that there's like this foundational uh, way of seeing the world that actually um, allows the pattern to to, to, to to repeat. And so that's what I was like, just to say before we move on to the next things, because uh, rhythm and cause and effect are very related to polarity and these same things that we're talking about. But right. I just wanted to get that in there, that it's like we always forget, <laughs> right? That it, that uh, it's like really this resistance. If evil moves first and we move against it, then we're in the game, mm. right? And now the game has started, right? And so the only way actually to 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 uh, create a new pattern, right, is to, to ignore.
2: <laughs> well, I don't know if we're going to get into this later, but is this something that we can break free of, do you believe, for... Um, yeah. Any kind of future type of incarnations?
1: Yeah, I think that we're on the verge of doing it right right now. And mm. uh, that's why I'm trying t- to get this out. Not like that it's anything that I have that's important, but it's something that's coming through me. And a lot of people are saying the same things. Oh. And we're all like, actually, all of us in the community are saying this, except that we get bogged down on these little details, and then we'll end up in contradiction. And so there's no way to really resolve that. Um, except for to double down on your position, right? And then, so then we're in these conflicts. We have this truth community that wants the truth, and then we're all brawling about these little details,
2: you know? Yes, you're right on, yeah.
1: So I'm saying that I'm actually optimistic that there's actually something that we can do, right? But it's really, it's, uh, yeah, and maybe we should get into it later because it's kind of jumping.
2: For sure, yeah, yeah, we'll get into that later. Yeah.
1: But, uh, yeah, so... Yeah, uh, so
2: uh, then we have uh, we the rhythm, principle of rhythm.
1: Okay, yeah. So in frequency and with waves, we understand that rhythm is a thing, right? <laughs> because um, if you just look at um, a waveform on an oscilloscope, I don't know if you all know what that is. It's basically you can just look at frequencies, mm-hmm. and it will show, right? And if you <laughs> turn on the time frame for it's not a standing wave, you'll see that the peaks will go to the side and the troughs will replace, right? And and so that it's a it's a property of, of waves basically is a is rhythm, right? If you look at just the waves crashing on the beach, there's a, a there's a time um between them, right? There's a rhythm to these waves, right? Does this is this uh following for you from your musical sensibilities? Yeah. No? Yeah, for sure. And it's also your timing too on when you're playing music. It's like Rhythm, guitar, and drums and bass are all like linked, right? Mm-hmm. And so, but this is all based on the timing of, of what you're playing. The rest of the notes have to fit in with the timing between, right? So it's basically your, when you hit that kick drum, you're right on the top of the wave, right? Yeah. <laughs> or if you're, regga- if you're reggae, then you're fucking in the trough, right? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> it makes sense. Yeah. And so, yeah, the principle of rhythm is that you can't, nothing is... If you uh, declare a position as a human being, right, the the uh, these laws are in effect when just from our thoughts and our behaviors, right? And so if you declare a position like I am, um, uh, well, I guess I'm going to use the liberals as an example. It's like they're declaring, they think they have um, the moral high ground mm-hmm. on this, this whole thing with the COVID and everything, right? because they can think they can identify what's bad, you know? But as soon as you d- declare a position, you're going to the opposition actually takes form, right? And so that this is the uh you can't basically say this is how it is without someone else saying actually not. <laughs> you know, you know what mm, I mean? Yeah, right.
2: Uh well, and, I mean it's uh... What other example can we give for, you know, um, a principle of rhythm on a a kind of larger scale uh, so that we can give people a little bit more of an understanding? Because, yeah, I'm still kind of, you know, grasping at this one.
1: Well, yeah, no, it's it's perfect, actually, uh, the uh, two-party system, right? If you Uh see back, we uh, swing, the pendulum swings, right? right we'll get right perfect okay we'll get the long swing on on republicans with two terms of uh, reagan right and then we get the long swing back on democrats two terms of fucking clinton right and Mm -hmm. uh, and so this is the principle of rhythm right and it's an artificial rhythm right because they set us up to join these tribes but that it will transition it will cyclically um rhythm i mean will cyclically transition to the other side that's just how it is that's just how it goes right so, um, I so think we could fall back into a example, it. Does it's, like a pendulum, it's a pendulum swing?
2: So the, these artificial rhythms, if we kind of ignore those and, and pay attention to more of the natural rhythm of our planet and our resonance and our frequencies, we could go back to this more natural uh, rhythm that 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 yes. we're a part of, right?
1: Yes, exactly, and that's exactly it. Um, it's just gotcha. that I think. Okay, so uh, there's a. I think there's this a uh, there's a root cause, right? So let's talk about cause and effect now, right? Um. So the principle of cause and effect, right? So this is another polar relationship, right? There's no cause without effect, and vice versa, right? So you can't have one without the other. Does this make sense? And and it also relates to um, polarity, and rhythm, right? So um, whenever you create a cause, there's an instant effect. And that's almost that balancing aspect, right? So when I was saying you take a position, you declare yourself as this, right? There's going to be that opposition that immediately forms or is already there. And you can even take a position based on opposing something, which Mm -hmm. is a lot, what a lot of people do, you know, all this resist bumper stickers, all this like uh, fight back, right? It's just continuing the game. It's just the dance between polarities, this artificial polarity of so-called good and evil. Yeah, um, so yeah and so yeah. cause and effect, right? I think there's a root cause because um, humanity, civilization is a pattern, right? That has a beginning, right? Just like the universe, you could say, maybe time doesn't exist, but this retro causality, right? When when does the event happen that actually creates a cause right so with retro causality is like does the event is it's linked with the cause and so it's like you can't really have a time positive time flow necessarily you know theoretically because the 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 effect actually is causing the cause Mm -hmm yeah I know what you
2: mean. It's like kind of <laughs> kind of like watching a movie unfold, even though you already know the the outcome and it's just kind of playing out right before your eyes and that's where it seems like we're kind of at right now with our our whole system on the brink of collapsing, and we know it's coming. We know the uh, economic system is gonna crash. we know our financial system, we know the politicals. Mm-hmm. we know that we're this is coming, and it's like we're just kind of watching it play out and manifest as it should, right.
1: Yeah, and we know it's coming. I think for a lot of people who are blind think this is some kind of organic uh, shit that happens because we uh, are really bad at managing our civilization. Mm-hmm. But it's a this whole thing about cause and effect is like, when I say black moves first, like when evil moves first, right, and we mm-hmm. respond, right, then we're in the game. And so now it's playing, right, and now the pattern has begun. Um, and so... It's like a chess that's game specific.
2: that's already been won, you know?
1: Yeah, but they're asking us, right? They're basically um, asking us to respond, mm. right? Like, we're going to do something really fucking heinous. It's so obviously fucking heinous, mm-hmm. right? Uh, evil moves first. Evil always moves first, <laughs> right? And the, and yeah. it's designed. It's a design move in order to get a response, right? So none of this shit, none of this supply chain action is fucking...
0: the Chambalaya. No purchase necessary. VTW. Revoid. prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.
1: Uh, organic. Right? Mm-hmm. We all, yeah, we can see it coming because we're fucking idiots. Humanity are fucking retarded, right? Mm-hmm. But actually it's being done to us so that it'll put us into a position where we have to accept the offer from, quote, government, with, for lack of a better word, from mm-hmm. authority, right? The authority, right? So they set up a situation that is so heinous that we have no choice but to accept the solution, Right. And so this is that problem solution, I mean, problem action solution that Ike talks about, which is basically another way of saying the the Hegelian um, dialectic Mm -hmm. uh, or uh, a false dichotomy, right? Both mazes lead to the same cage. It seems like we're opposing a side, but we're both define each other and we're being manipulated into an outcome. Yes, man. And so all of this response—it's like we got to respond. We got to do something. You know, we got to do a thing. And all of that uh, just—you know—turns turns turns the wheels, right? Mm -hmm. And and gets us closer to these three eventualities that are possible, right?
3: Yeah.
2: That's why I mean, like, one of the think one of the huge answers is not participating going on your own timeline, worrying about yourself and your growth and your spirituality and what you, where you're headed, and it breaks a cycle. It, like, if, if tension out of nowhere anymore. Uh, I think that's one of the many answers that we could possibly get into.
1: Yeah, and it's really, I think the reason, for me, it's like 6,000 years, right, this has been going on. Like, after the fall of man, we were given an offer for civilization and we accepted it and it's in the fable of the bible the garden of eden all that shit is like basically the fable of us deciding to leave nature right and join an artificial uh rhythm you know right and that's actually i go into it it's like this is actually the definition of sin right sin Mm. semilla, right that's a spanish word for no seeds like without seeds right sin actually is without right so it's going without uh separating yourself from quote the divine or nature, you know, and so to me that's where the, that's where it all started, right? And it, the root cause is the way that we perceive what it is to be alive, right? And I mean, we can get into it. I don't want to like.
2: Dude, I want to. I want to talk about. Um- <laughs> You know, the aspect of the nature of our reality when it it pertains to are we on a a prison planet? Is it something we created for ourselves that we agreed to, like you just said? Or is it, you know, a a place for consciousness, evolution? Uh, I do want to get into all of that, but I do want to cover the last uh, principle of gender first. I think this is a, a really important one to go over for sure.
1: Yeah, and it's probably the most difficult one. Yeah. With, especially these days where they're trying they're trying to homogenize the population uh, you know like make everyone the same sex like i that may be hard for some people to fucking hear but i know you can understand it for sure and i, I wasn't always this way you know i was like earth first a uh, tree hugger in 99 you know like i was on that side and i did a full about face after fucking 9-11 mm-hmm. but uh yeah so the principle of gender right so and it's another polar relationship right They can't exist without each other, you know, and wherever you look in nature, you see these uh, um, uh, gender relationships, right? Um, And so we can come up with all kinds of examples, but I like to talk about the Trinity, which is like the origin of the universe. And we can say that maybe time doesn't exist, but it, it, to me, there's an origin because originally consciousness decided to do it. Right. And so whether that can be marked at a, at a time and a location, I don't know. Um, it may not be that once it starts, it's actually possible. So but like to me, I'm, 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 I'm of the notion that the cosmos is um, large and it is big. like uh, we are not in on a plate, you know? Yeah. And uh, so um, if you think of the void, right? The, the void is actually a female, it has a female connotation because mm-hmm. anything can uh, kind of take seed in the void, right? So it's like the womb of, of, of the cosmos, right? We have the void, that's the female aspect. And we have consciousness actually intending to make the first measurement, which is like the viscous pisces where they, put, they basically find a point and then put two circles overlapping, right? And then if you repeat this, you get the flower of life, seed of life, mm-hmm. right, and then you get the flower of life, and then if it continues, like this is how the cosmos, is, in to my mind, is like started, and this is the the pre Egyptian fucking cosmology is basically that it it's uh, sacred geometry, right? Mm-hmm. It all starts from the flower of life, and all of the Platonic solids can be created, right? Which is you know the Platonic solids are basically the shapes that the elements take, you know, can be created with the this flower of life symbol if mm-hmm. it's just perpetuated, right? So it's like, so what I was getting at is that the female aspect is the boy, right? the male aspect mm-hmm. is the conscious intent, right? And the father, the son, the Holy ghost, right? The Holy ghost is female, right? Father and the son is the, um, the outcome of the intention, right? Okay. Right. Yeah. So it's like, you can see that it's like, uh, gender is like right there in everything like right? not just in nature you can see it everywhere you know it's like that's mm-hmm. how species are propagated and all that's all that stuff but then also in our minds too like we have this left hemisphere and right hemisphere right the right hemisphere is like the void where in intuition you know i'm carrying this down this explanation and the left is like the measurement side right the male side and the female side right and if you're going to be a whole person you don't want to be imbalanced on either side you know And one thing that uh, Mark Passio explained to me, and I thought it really fucking made sense, he goes into uh, uh, um, etymology a lot, which I think is really important, which is the uh, history of uh, word definition. Mm -hmm. And he just breaks down individual, the word individual, in, not, divided, uh, dual. So not divided, dual, right? So we have dual hemispheres, but to operate whole, we need to be not divided, (laughs) you know?
2: Yes, man, I love it. Uh, now, uh, what, what do you think their idea? When I say them, they, those, the elites, their idea of a utopia is. You mentioned, you know, they're trying to homogenize us, uh, get rid of. Uh, the duality of sexes and and basically plug us into a technological reality that they call the metaverse. I think that's one of the outcomes. But what do you think is the whole big idea of their ideal utopia when it comes to the direction they're trying to steer us with all the the agendas and bullshit?
1: Yeah, so I think that uh, they're parasites, right? Mm-hmm. They're not predators. They're parasites. They're feeding off of everyone else right it's kind of a different class of people so their intent is actually to set up a system that makes it so that they can feed forever you know and uh you know it's like i want to break it down a little bit and talk about the gnostics because a lot of people say it's like oh the you know about the demiurge and the gnostics and all this right mm-hmm. right the demiurge mm-hmm. supposedly created the cosmos like that's the way that it's That's the way we interpret what the Gnostics think today, right? And for me, it's like the Demiurge actually installed the matrix in our mind, right? Mm -hmm. This is the root root cause. And so um, when Gnostics talk about we got to get out of the matrix, we got to escape this place. It's like, no, we don't need to escape this place. We need to escape the matrix that has been set up in our minds, you know, this construct, right? This false uh, reality that we... And it's just like the way money has value because we all agree, right? This false construct also is real because we all agree that it's real, you know, mm-hmm. but it's just fake. <laughs> it's based on this false polarity. And so I just wanted to get that out. is like that the Demiurge didn't create the cosmos. It actually simulated the creation to us, like maybe perhaps 6,000 years ago. It's like, maybe, you know, I have no idea. It seems like there's an entity that's trying to become a god because it, it can't Uh, um, abide um, the rules of the universe (laughs)
3: you
1: know it can't abide not, not being a top dog you know or it can't abide you know and so it's like the only way to do that is to take over a collective consciousness you
2: know and I found it interesting the idea that you were saying that we kind of agreed to be a part of this at some point as, as a collective, uh, maybe a collective conscious or an entity at some point. What do you think? What can you maybe expand a little bit on that?
1: Yeah, um, I wanted to answer to your other question first, which was, mm. what do you think they're trying to do by creating this digital? Uh, oh yeah, yeah. Cage and and. Yeah. And I think that's what it is. It's, it's the, um, the ultimate, uh, method because they have our minds. Right. And when they say we're born into sin, it's like, we're born into this false reality. Right. And so each generation is actually signing up again without ever realizing that it's, um, um an offer, right. That They don't have to accept the offer. Um, so the purpose right is actually to to create a system that actually runs itself right basically automate the system so you don't have to always do this maintenance on these minds you know or this constant like bombardment of you know propaganda or uh conditioning right and so yeah it's like conditioning uh, the, the people talk about the human condition like it's our nature but look at that word it's a condition right it's a condition it is um removable it's treatable or curable or um it's something that's placed on top of us you know and so uh, the the purpose of this uh what they're trying to do right is to get us all in this cage so it basically runs itself Mm. and they don't have to do these constant maintenance (laughs) actually that it keeps the population at a constant rate and all of this shit like you
2: know man it thinks me of uh, it makes me think of this like massive celestial entity which just control over everything it's like a simulation or video game for him he'll just pop in and do some maintenance here and there and he's just tired of doing that so he's he wants yeah. to automate everything <laughs> and that's a scary thought that we're just some kind of like ant forms for this uh, you know grand intelligent uh, celestial entity but I don't know it's uh it makes too much sense at times
1: yeah I mean I kind of look at it like this and then if you think about it right um we're going against our nature um, we were captured almost like a like a parasite gets captured like an ant um, gets that fungus in the brain that makes it crawl up to the top of the tree yeah and just stand there until the fungus uh, spores yeah. right right and so it's like we got infected and it's right. like it's a mine it's a mind virus and now we're furiously building for the last six thousand years to get to the technologically level of advancement it's like the whole plan was to get here so that it could Basically, uh, um, have a home for life uh, forever. Now you know, that, it's like we've been building furiously for 6,000 years. It's almost like something took over our, our minds and it's like making us build this. Like why? Why? Why are we doing it? You know?
2: Well, that that leads us <laughs> to the question of we all want to believe, uh, as many of us in this community at least, want to believe that we have spirit guides or angels or ancestors or entities beyond this construct that are guiding us and helping us along the way. I know I've had what I ca- consider contact experiences with what I currently understand as my spirit guide. But that could change tomorrow if I gain a new understanding of it. Uh, but as for now, that's what I see it as. What do you think? Do you think that it's just us in a way? It's our own consciousness trying to evolve ourselves by showing us something maybe we can grasp and understand? Uh, or is it something outside of that? What do you think?
1: Yeah, um, I think it's uh, it might be both those things, right? Um, and I, I totally agree with that. Uh, there is this um, unseen aspect of reality, right? That it is very part of our reality. Um, and uh, I think we've been conditioned to ignore it, you know? And uh, yeah, I think there are, it's uh, the spirit realm or wherever you wanna call it, the other side, it's definitely populated, you know? And, but whether or not our higher selves are like trying to reach us or, or our higher selves are actually uh, um, in this body right and so like when we come down here it's like we're in here <laughs> right, we're right. Kind of separated but I don't know a lot of people talk about your higher self right you know when you're meditating it's like you're you're like more in tune you shut down thinking right or it could be your spirit guides or you know it's like I I, I don't really know I just know that uh, there's there's some kind of faction out there that wants us to to break this, you know.
2: That's what I was just so, going to ask. Do you think yeah. there's like competing factions of whether it's, you know, humans, uh, highly advanced humans or something else that has different um, ideas of what they want out of humanity? And they're trying to pull different strings in different directions. Uh, might, some might even have our best interest in mind. I don't know, you know. It seems like there is a lot of different warring factions out there that have different ideas of the outcome uh, to whatever's happening right now with all the chaos.
1: Yeah, I mean, if you talk about Earth as a school, you know, it's like this. Um, it's a much harder school now that it's been infected by a parasite, <laughs> you
3: know,
1: and uh, so it's almost like it's our humanity's uh, um, assignment. It's not necessarily individually to to break free from here, you know, to like do the work that is required while you're living to actually not come back, you know, to not be obligated to come back. But I think it's actually all of us together that um, we're supposed to do that. We're supposed to clear this thing together, you know. Yeah. And uh, um but uh yeah. I love it yeah. how Hollywood and the media Oh no, I, I
2: just want to say I love how Hollywood and the media over the the, the movie Magic in Hollywood have been portraying uh, this hero's journey and kind of getting back to a uh, spirituality and the you know, the horror movies with a technical technical takeover and sci-fi movies where we're enslaved to the government and they've been just showing us these ideas of what's really behind our reality this whole time uh, in fiction movies and it makes me wonder again are there you know elite factions at high levels that are involved with seeding our consciousness to evolve us through the media and movies and you know even clandestine groups that are on social media trying to influence conspiracy theories theories and uh, talk of Gnosticism, you know?
1: Yeah. Um, Yeah. Definitely. Uh, You can talk about the revelation of the method. It's getting more and more intense, I suppose, these days. Mm -hmm. But people say they stop watching content like, uh, you know, uh, studio produced content because it's so woke now. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, you just realized it was woke.
3: Yeah, exactly. It's It's always been there. The
1: whole time. Right. (laughs) If you look back at these old movies from the 40s and shit, the same shit going down.
2: What's well, right. always it was always the propaganda <laughs> they, for the times. You know, whatever the agenda was, yeah. it was always in the background of movies or media.
1: And they would show you the corruption and they would show you a hero trying to fight the corruption, mm-hmm. right? And like but but the corruption just stays. They'd show you how corrupt it is, <laughs> but they show a hero trying to take it down, but in reality it's like they're just we are just telling you what we're doing. Yeah. <laughs> you know.
2: Well, this is another kind of sign of the times that we're in where... Like you said, it does appear that the facade of a lot of uh, our entertainment industry is crumbling. People don't pay attention to celebrities as much anymore. Netflix's numbers were absolutely awful the last time I checked. And people are tuning out. People are tuning out of Hollywood, and they want to find alternative sources of entertainment, real sources of entertainment. I mean Hollywood's not even trying to supply good actors or quality anymore. It's become just purely about the agendas and propaganda behind what's Whatever they're showing you, and nothing—not even about making money anymore—I th- I don't think it's just about you know following whatever orders they've been given to propagandize us. And people are checking out; they don't want to see it anymore. They want to see real stuff. A lot yeah. of pe- that's why I'm really happy about people listening to podcasts and the amount of new people that are coming out with podcasts. And there's so much to choose from, and so much great information out there but there's also an infiltration on the other side of people trying to muddy the waters in, in, you know, these sections and communities. And that's why you got to, man, you get, you have to go by your gut instinct for so much of this
1: information, right? Yeah. Um, so it's like, you aren't going to know, or you don't, you want to believe, right? And so joining a tribe and having your thinking done for you is a belief, right? But how is it really possible to know, you know, and, so, I mean, uh, Ryder said, you got to use your intuition. And I, I agree with that. It's like, I think that maybe there's maybe a more poignant way to say it, but like, that's basically it. Yeah. You can't just take someone's fucking content and, and accept it. You have to like, look into it and you have to feel it, you know? And, uh, for me, like I've been able to do that for a long time. And so I can watch content. I, I'm really, uh, Everything sucks, you know. It's like everything is really bad, like as far as like production value, right? Yeah, (laughs) for the most part. But I, I, you know, I still get into it, and I like to, you know, as an art form and stuff. People just living their lives, dude. They don't even know what's happening, right? We have these wonderful cinematographers, man, and they fucking so good at what they do, and they're just fucking clueless, man. And I, uh, I don't know if waking people up is really the thing. I don't know if we have to learn the hard way, you know. and that, in the past, is the only way that we ever learned, you know. And I would like it so that we don't have to. There's a we can fly off of this cliff instead of fall, you know.
3: Yeah, that's one thing say.
1: Well, let's let's. But one thing you wanted to say about uh, like what it is, like why we're here, and maybe there's these outside entities that want to help us, right? Mm-hmm. And so I I think that we actually that what reincarnation is is actually when we accept the offer, um, that's when reincarnation starts, right? It's because we've actually. Uh, broken uh, the laws of nature and now we're get stuck in this loop until we figure it out you know and so these other entities cannot get involved and if they do then they're in the karma loop right and so we have probably have some entities that have come in and try to help us and now they're here and they can't get out <laughs> you know and so the only way to clear this shit it's like we're not supposed to just fucking suffer and die like actually previous like 100,000 years ago or maybe 50,000 years ago, there was a worldwide civilization and they could move rocks around like no problem, you know? And they Mm -hmm. could do all kinds of crazy shit with stone and they build all the sacred geometric structures. And, you know, the human body has this uh, power, right? We're only using 10% of our mind, but maybe we're only using like 10% of our entire apparatus. You know, it's like we don't need technology. Like the technology is us. And so when I say there's something to be done, I actually... It's really hard to come at because there's nothing to be done because we are just right all we have to do is uh negate right uh what is false yeah. and how to do that right and so you have to come at it from a general perspective like what it is we can't say what this is or how many different ways they're trying to fuck us you know it's numerous numerous ways right and to resist this or to resist that is just falling into the game, you know. Because yeah. they have that all—they have that all dialed. And and armed resistance is silly. It's like they're trying to take the guns away right now. Mm-hmm. It's like even with an AR-15, yeah, you could have a full-on guerrilla war, you know. But uh, is that where we want to go? Is that where we want to go? You know, it's like yeah, uh, commandos think they can fuck up the government with an AR-15 and some grenades. Yeah, maybe but uh, it'll take a fucking long ass time. You yeah. Know?
2: <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, let's, let's talk about that. What are the, the best solutions that people can, can look towards? And, you know, I, I, the things that I can offer you is, you know, non-participation in any bullshit, seeing through the lies, going off your, your intuition, like you said, going off your gut and paying attention to you and your own and your own spiritual growth. And, don't give a shit about what everyone else is doing, or what the news is telling you, or social media, or anything else, and stop poisoning yourself with the food you eat and the the, the water you're drinking. And try and get to a better environment for yourself. Don't put yourself in toxic places or places that are horrible environments. And uh, you know, I think that is a good step in the right direction. But uh, what can you offer people if that you know? That wanna get off this matrix.
1: <laughs> <clears throat> yeah. I mean, all of the practical things are, are absolutely essential, like to reduce our dependency, right, on the, you know, on the authority, right? So all of that is absolutely essential. But when I talk about the root cause, I think it's like the way we see the world. Um, um it's the way that we perceive what is valuable. It's like how we define value. I think that's what it really, really comes down to. And we have an inverted sense of what value is right now. And uh, people have talked about it forever. And so it's like hard to talk about because you say these words and people are like, oh, yeah, yeah, I've heard that before. It's like, but what does it do to to say those words? Like absolutely nothing. So it's like, it's really this psychological transformation that is required. And so what uh, the word I want to use is like the scarcity value of model, right? Scarcity value of model, which is supply and demand. Supply and demand is the scarcity value model because uh, the value of a, of a limited supply goes up when the demand goes up, right? The value of, a, of supply goes up when the supply, then the quantity of supply goes down, right? And so this creates an automatic competition for what's left, you know? And so the way we see the world is, I better get what's, what's mine before someone else takes it, you know? And this creates the pattern that we find, right? because we're still human beings. We have to exchange to live, right? We're all specialists. We all, we could all go off grid and do all that shit, but we still are human beings and we would still need to like each other. We still need to make stuff. We still need tools, you know, we still need all of this stuff. And so it it comes down to the exchange, right? Um, That's how we live, right? And uh, right now the exchange is, taken over and all of our uh, life's blood is extracted from us (laughs) and so to to really understand what value is is to understand that it's actually not a diminished supply like supply and demand only serves the owner of the supply and who is that right who owns the supply of life why is it that there's a there's a limited supply of life you know and who's getting paid to sell that shit to us you know and so if you think about what supply and demand is fucking so stupid, man, and that's what our whole economy runs off of. They act like it's complex, but it's just based off of that. It's just based off of how much supply, how much demand, which is a popularity index, you know? And so this is how we define value. And what this does is like, it's me against the world. It's it's yes. me and mine against everyone else. And so we start from this pattern again every time uh, the Groundhog Day, we wake up again, we start again. It's me and mine. Right. right. And so it's actually, that's the, the inverse of that is actually the truth is that because we are creative species, we're a technological species, right? Value is only increasing, right? The price of products should be going down because we're getting better at manufacturing the value, right? right? But they're just fucking going up, right? And so this is all to create a situation in this next couple of months where we're going to have to accept this offer because shit's going to get in you know, and they're going to set it up for us like that. So what you do is, the, the, is to understand that value is actually um, unlimited, right? And that if everyone participates, we only fucking spike the, the creation of value, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's only adding to the pool. And so if someone who wants to own a supply, that doesn't work for them. <laughs> that doesn't work for them because you can't raise the price when demand goes up.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: There's a never-ending fucking supply of demand, <laughs> right. Right. So th- yeah. it's just an inversion of value. So it's like basically you decide that um, um, that value is unlimited, right? And that and that if it's actually a better survival strategy to make sure everyone around you is okay, right? and not just to make sure you're okay.
2: <laughs> right. I think no? part of that is also kind of establishing or reestablishing this global consciousness connection that you alluded to earlier, that we were at one time this advanced civilization that had great consciousness abilities and probably psionic abilities and abilities to communicate other way beyond we what we do now. Um, if we could somehow reestablish that, maybe we might realize how important each other are and how connected we are and how we really need each other to grow and
1: move forward right yeah and i think that it's actually it's like a mental switch right um that when in any of these situations where it comes it's like well i better get mine than actually do the other thing you know (laughs) yeah (laughs) because you're out you're not gonna die right in society everyone walks around like their sense of psychological self their ego is their life right but uh in society your life isn't in danger right only your status only your status is in danger and so we're all fighting for status and uh really we're all infinitely valuable like if everyone if we could create it for my idea for solution is first invert your idea of what value is right it's not a diminished supply and it's not a popularity index right that's how crypto works yeah. right more people that buy in the more valuable it gets right it's still the same bullshit. Right? it's still a fiat currency it's not gonna fucking unless we can change the way that we Perceive what value is. It's not going to do shit, right? right? And it's all being fucking manipulated against us right now, too. This dive and climb and shit. It's all we're being massaged, man. We're being massaged. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, so I would say yes. First, it's understanding what actual true value is. The exchange is actually the exchange is how we live. So we want to maximize and facilitate the exchange to the nth degree, right? Um, and <clears throat> yeah, I mean, so that's that's what I'm working on uh, the uh, an infrastructure that um, permits everyone to participate and outside of this uh, stratified um, structure that only permits certain members of society to to participate, right? And so, yeah, right now all of our products are designed by a few people, right? And right and so. Uh, perceived value can be manufactured, right? So if something uh, seems valuable, all you have to do is get enough people to follow it, right? So it's like marketing budget, right? So you can create value by just creating a popularity index. And this is all fake. <laughs> yes. <You know? laughs> yes. Uh, we're all in this together. We're all in this together. Um, there's no hierarchy in it. Uh, we have what it takes to actually get in a position where we can create a positive outcome. Um, but it's like we can't be afraid. I think the hack is to just to not be afraid to die. Mm. You know?
3: Yes, man.
2: I think, <laughs> I think you're spot on. I love it. I love it. Man, we we'll definitely have to do this again in the future uh, for the audience that wants to find out more about you, where they can they find your podcast and anything else you got going on.
1: Yeah, um, so the podcast is I recommend listening from the beginning. Because I had an idea of like understanding uh, um, the way our technology changes us, right? I think that most people take this for granted. I'm an industrial designer. And when I say I'm an industrial designer, people are like, what the fuck is that? And I was like, well, everything you see around you is designed by a person, you know? And and so um, um, what I was getting at is uh, that uh, the. What was I saying? Podcast? Where, <laughs> where, uh, where we can yeah. find it? Yeah. yeah, yeah you were yeah, saying yeah, you yeah. So, they need
2: to watch, listen from the beginning.
1: Yeah. The, the first uh, four or five episodes are um, an introduction to Marshall McLuhan, who's a a um, media quote guru from the sixties and seventies, and his message. He never was really understood. He became really popular, but if you start to look into him, you can really understand the psychological effects that our technology has on us, especially radical innovations such as the internet or radio or the printing press, all that shit changed the world forever and all time, you know? Yes. Uh, so I started with that because I think that's really important to get to the idea of like manufacturing, the stuff we make, that's how we exchange, right? We exchange through services and through making stuff. And so that's who we are, right? That's what we do. We, we're not going to get away from that. Mm-hmm. So we can, create a, we can create a free exchange, right? That's what I want to do, a, a create a free exchange where it's basically, we all know That we exchange that's how humans live but this exchange is corrupted so instead of trying to fix this and expunge the parasite we just make we just jump to a a new infrastructure like all at once all of us you know wait for the right time and then we're gone we're gone and we can exchange with each other because that's how we live you know right on and so yeah and so that's the idea but i i so i i wanted to get to that in my podcast and so it's green night dot green night like as in uh night of the round table mm-hmm. all one word all lowercase dot green right not dot com and you start from the beginning and um yeah i get to the end and i'll probably continue i'm putting uh, these interviews that i'm doing over the last two months up there and then i have one more uh kind of commentary on uh credibility and so I don't know if you guys, if you want to talk about that next time, that would be good. Cause it's like a whole conversation. I think that it's a way to talk about, um, what yeah, maybe act- you could, um, give us like is. an
2: introduction, uh, for a teaser for next time.
1: Yeah. Well, I just say that credibility is a logical fallacy, right? So we use, uh, we want to look at credible sources and think, Oh, they're telling the truth because they have the background, they have the experience and they've done all of the work and they have the credentials, blah, blah, blah. Right. But, uh, um, a credible source can lie. Damn, yeah. <laughs> and that's actually a, pr- a principle of logic, right? Is mm-hmm. that uh, information, the veracity of information is independent of source, right? And so just keep that in mind when you're trying to figure out who to listen to, <laughs> right? This is branding, y'all, right? So let your branding be your information, right? If these guys that you're listening to are fucking can really fucking put it out there like they're very articulate, right? Really listen to what they're saying. And, and try to, uh, to dig in on, on what it is, the, the core of their message, right? Mm. And then I think we can find some, some good shit there, you know? That's great. <laughs>
2: awesome, man. I love it. Uh, we're, we'll definitely have to do this again in the future. Uh, is there anything else that you, you're working on or um, that you'd like to plug for the audience?
1: Um, well, I, I have my jewelry. Um, I'm an industrial designer, I have an an idea to build an infrastructure I've been working on for 20 years. So if like some of you all are out there. You're like working on the same shit as me and you guys want to team up Then let's do it, you know? And uh, this is creating the new exchange, create and fixing manufacturing. (laughs) Awesome. Right. And to do that without it getting corrupted, if we're going to create a new organization, we have to change our condition, right? So any new organization will be corruptive unless we can change the way we see the world, you know.
2: Awesome, man. I love it. Well, I'm going to have all the links there in the description for the audience to easily access it. Uh, Birch, thank you again, man. That was fantastic, and we'll definitely do it again soon.
1: Yeah, thank you so much for having me on, dude. I love your show, and uh, we'll thank talk you. soon.
2: Thank you. Definitely. Until next time, everyone, have an excellent evening. We will talk again tomorrow. See you.